0: If you're looking for Pokemon-style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
0: What is up, everyone? It's me, the Pokemon Cave, back at it again for yet another episode. Now, today I got an interesting story that came up uh, on June 5th, actually. It's about a VGC tournament in South Korea that got canceled. Or, yeah, actually, essentially got canceled because the four finalists were disqualified. Now, the reason why they were disqualified is actually pretty funny. You see, they were disqualified for essentially protesting, but not how you would normally see them as protesting. You know, we, we kind of know what protesting is by now, you know, demonstrations, big commotion, blah, blah, blah. Well, these guys decided to protest by using all their teams as only Pokemon with the move Metronome. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a weird one, isn't it? Nothing but Metronome. Now, obviously, this would be one heck of a VGC tournament to watch because, I mean, we all know Metronome. It's completely unpredictable. You don't know what kind of move your Pokemon's going to use, but it's hilarious. Well, see here, this guy named Nash... He was one of the four people that were disqualified, and he goes into more detail as if, or as to exactly what happened here. So Nash goes on to say, I've been asked a lot of what's been happening in Korea and how we ended up locked, locking in Metronome for national finals, only to be disqualified for doing so. I am writing this down to explain to those interested. So I'm not sure if you've been catching up with the issues all around Asian circuit, But like other Asian regions, Korea has been having a rather suffering year. There are some major events that happened in subsequent order. Uh, Number 0. Before we go in, a little bit of a background in Korean VGC format. Now before the pandemic, we used to have three different IRL events that led up to the finals in which each gave out CP. This circuit point is exclusive in Korea. And as an independent circuit as Japan does, last IRL event as such was back in 2019. And the South Korean BGC community has never seen one since. They only gave one online double elimin- turn, uh, elimination tournament each year and that was it. Number one, last year, when Worlds was back, players were curious as to how Pokemon Korea plans to give invites. No explanations were made and they proceeded with Trainer's Cup Online Tour. Like before, after the tour, they suddenly announced that the top four of the trainer cup would be invited to day two at Worlds. This was excluding juniors and seniors since the tour was only eligible for masters. Hmm, interesting. Number two. This year, again, they announced nothing until March. In March, they gave announce or they announced that our circuit would be written here. Or it would be as follows written here and they gave a, a link. Basically, they gave invites to Trainer Cup. Uh, for the top 50 Korean players of each globe, global challenge, and then the 150 players competed in the BO1 ladder tour. Top four gets day two, top 16 gets day one. People were very frustrated that we were that we are deciding everything in just 10 games of ladder. Also, this format is vulnerable to sub accounts and match manipulation. And then, just like Japan, Ray Rizzo experienced this. We had multiple issues. People were getting people were getting rematch after rematch, and could not stop playing during the tour. Pokemon Korea decided that this that this tour is invalid, and that top sixteen from this tour will get unqualified. People who went top sixteen here demanded compensation, and Pokemon Korea decided to give them an invite to next year's Trainer Cup. This is basically just nothing since reaching Trainer's Cup was just getting sixteen hundred in Global Challenge. Nothing even close to top cutting it. This was a devastating message, implying our format will remain this way next year. Two weeks later, we played the ladder tournament again with updated data, which fixed the previous Anonymies. Number three, Blue, Sagon, me, and Magia were the top four of this second ladder tour, which meant we were secured for day two invites. But in order to do that, we had to show up At the trainer cup final round, a streamed match, it's just a final round that decides first to fourth with some nice prizes, but we're already locked in for day two, so not much was at stake. The four decided to go on metronome battle to protest against all these issues within our community. No IRL events uh, consist problems into our system. Disregarding younger divisions, observed compensations for the problems they cause but the real problem behind all this is that they showed absolute disrespect to our players. During this week, Pokemon Korea suddenly sends an email to Blue, disqualifying him without telling him why. When he called them to ask why, they refused to answer. <laughs> of course they did, right? They immediately gave his day two to Bet a go before uh Ago agreed with the three of us, so the metronome battle was to proceed. We had to lock in on an in-game online tour system beforehand, so we did that yesterday, 2nd of June. We were supposed to battle on the 4th. Today, the 3rd of June, all four players were sent an email along with the notice on the official website and Pokemon Korea Incorporated account Twitter informing us that all four of us were disqualified. The reasoning behind it was that we all locked in Pokemon that learned one specific move. According to Pokemon Korea, this falls into prohibited acts written below. One, an act of causing harm to other participants or giving an offensive image. Or two, other actions that Nintendo Co Limited and TPC and its sub, uh, subsidiaries deem inappropriate. So, because they have Pokemon that no metronome that's inappropriate? Because it's certainly not causing harm to participants <laughs> and it's certainly not an offensive image, right? So, Pokemon Korea saw our teams, didn't like it, and therefore disqualified all four of us for playing Metronome. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> and, and here I thought North America and the EU had problems. Go figure, freaking Korea has problems just as much as North America and the EU. That's, ooh, that is really, really brutal. <laughs> Next up, ruler of the black flames, that is announced, and of course, we go right back to frickin' Charizard. I mean, don't get me wrong, Charizard is a great Pokemon, great artwork. But I am so sick and tired of Charizard being the top kind of standalone card for freaking sets like how many sets do we need to have where charizard is the main focus or pikachu like you gotta be freaking kidding me here can we just can we get away from that can we just let charizard go like come on this is so freaking stupid and you know it's going to be ridiculously expensive to try and buy these cards in singles to try and complete sets if you're if you're trying to go the route of completing a set uh, and of course you're having a hard time pulling the cards typically we just buy the singles um, I'll usually buy a couple rotations each of um, all the products usually so that I can also get the promos for the set because I mean technically you don't have a master set unless you got all the promos too right so Typically, I'll buy a couple of rotations of sets, and then whatever I haven't pulled after, you know, a couple of booster boxes, a couple of ETBs, blah 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 blah. Then I'll start going into buying singles. Well, there's no way in hell I'm buying a ridiculously overpriced freaking Charizard just because it's freaking Charizard. So of course, the set trademark listing was announced back in February and it was also posted that it would feature a Dark-type Charizard in March. The set will release in Japan on July 28th and feature 108 cards before the Secret Rares. Um, as mentioned before, Ruler of the Black Flame will introduce the first Terra Pokemon EX of unusual types, so this includes Charizard EX with the Darkness, Tyranitar EX with Lightning, and Isku EX with Fire. Now, these type-shifted Terra EX Pokemon will use the same energy as their usual types, but will have a different weakness to correspond with their shifted types. So for example, Charizard EX will be a dark card with a fire attack cost and a grass weakness. Now, keep in mind in the TCG, darkness types are weak to grass to represent bug, because obviously we don't have a bug type. So we'll get the first set in English as Obsidian Flame in August. The set was announced last month, which is one of the few times an English set was officially announced before its Japanese equivalent. Now, our set will also include July's 8 EX starter decks, uh, May's EX special sets, and the 30-ish cut cards from Paldea Evolved. Now, based on the English set description, we also noted that the Japanese set will feature a Terra Dragonite EX with a Dragon type, a Terra Gradient EX colorless, Terra Vesp Queen EX and a River Room EX. Like in the video games, many Terra Pokemon are still one of their original types. So that kind of goes hand in hand. Um, (sighs) I mean, what what do you guys think? So, of course, I don't think the original Charizard, like the one that would be kind of mixed in with the first 108 cards or whatever... I don't think that one will be expensive. I think that'll probably be I don't know. 5 maybe yeah, about maybe 5 bucks give or take. Um but I guarantee if they throw in a rainbow secret rare, that's going to be an expensive card. I can I'm going to put my money on at least minimum, minimum $100 for the card. Maximum...
1: and 365-day returns.
0: $250? Uh, $250? Now, I'm, I'm talking Canadian here, okay? So, obviously, that would be a little less than American. Um, But, yeah. Minimum $100 Canadian. Maximum $250 Canadian. Raw, okay? Not graded, raw. Uh, but w- what do you think? I mean, am I wrong? Like, we all know these freaking Chase cards go for ridiculous amounts of money. And then more times than none, about a couple months later, they drop. And in some cases, they drop by almost 50%. So, I mean, it's hit or miss. Same time, though, you've got some cards that start off ridiculously expensive, and then they continue to be ridiculously expensive going forward months even years like look at tag team tag team was pretty expensive when it first came out you know some of the full arts and then all of a sudden they dipped slightly and now they're basically right back to where they were when they first came out if not more depending on the card it's just ridiculous I I don't know where uh the all of a sudden Desperate need for e, or for team-up cards came. But it's ridiculous how all of a sudden, without any warning, they skyrocket in price again. But, I mean, who knows? How long is that going to last? Maybe team-up cards will be expensive for maybe a couple more months. And then people will forget about them again and start focusing more on Scarlet and Violet era stuff. And the prices will drop. And then... We'll get our goldfish memory back and go, ooh, wait, remember EX or the tag team cards? Oh, hell, they were a lot better than EX. And then the price is going to skyrocket again. Um, But I think that's just the way that this hobby goes, right? (laughs) It's kind of all messed up. (laughs) And finally, speaking of ridiculously expensive cards, (laughs) let's talk Paldea Evolved. That set literally just came out. And already, cards again are going for ridiculous amounts of money. So, to end off this podcast episode, we're going to look at the most expensive cards from that set, as of right now. Now, keep in mind, these prices are going to fluctuate quite a bit. So, take this with a grain of salt. So, of course, following in the footsteps of the long-awaited Scarlet and Violet base set, the latest major Pokemon TCG expansion is Paldea Evolved. Now, it was officially released on June 9th, and features a whopping 279 cards to discover, obviously. Uh, There is a lot in that set. With so many cards to collect, you might be wondering which ones are the rarest or most valuable. After all, nothing compares to that feeling of pulling a special illustration rare or a fan-favorite legendary that you know everyone is hunting, right? So, going forward, um, they did a list by going through TCG Player. And as of the time of writing this article, which was on June 9th, uh, this is what they came up with. The first card is, of course, Lono, the Special Illustration Rare. Uh, Apparently it's going for about $116 market price on TCG. Uh, Lono, again, Ultra Rare, comes in at number 22 for $44. Again, you can get on TCG player. Then we finally switched to some Pokemon we have Chen Pao EX, the special illustration rare. That's another $40. Uh, then we go right back into uh, supporters again. Uh, Dendra, special illustration rare, $35 is next. Boss's Orders, the special illustration rare again, $30. Wu Chen EX, special illustration rare, $24. Tinkatung EX, special illustration rare. these are, I mean, okay, yeah, they're expensive, but they're not that bad, uh, would I pay $116 for Lono, no, (laughs) I mean, that's $116 US, so you're looking at closer to $130-ish Canadian, there's no way in hell I'm paying that, next is, uh, Gushra, uh, Special Illustration Rare, again, $22 dollars. Uh, Skeld- Skeldridge EX, Special Illustration, $21, and Tyranitar, Illustration Rare, $21. Um, actually, I'm kind of surprised to see a Tyranitar even, uh, even on this list. Uh, now, because the set has just only been released, the value of these cards will likely fluctuate over time, like I said before, but the list above should give you a good idea of which cards to look out for when you're opening packs. Uh, obviously, it comes as no surprise to see Lono taking the top two spots with her special rare and ultra rare variations, as the character has become a fan favorite in the Scarlet and Violet games. Uh, most of the rest of the list is taken up by a special illustration rare, as these are usually some of the most in-demand cards in any Pokemon TCG set. And with everything, I mean, good luck hunting them, right? Or, you know, open up your wallet and buy them outright, because, well... <laughs> In all honesty, I mean, you can probably buy all those cards um, for the price of a couple booster boxes. (laughs) At least then you're guaranteed to get those cards if you just buy them outright rather than buying a couple booster boxes, right? So, I mean, yeah, what do you guys think? Um, I mean, this happens all the time. We, we, We get a new set that comes out, and then the cards are... Ridiculously expensive right off the hop. And then, again, like I mentioned before, a couple months down the road, they either skyrocket further or they plummet. And they plummet hard if they do. Um, but, yeah, who knows? Well, I'm interested to in see what those lono cards, especially the illustration rare, will be going for in two months from now, three months from now. Heck, maybe even a year from now. I guarantee maybe in a year from now, it'll be, I don't know, 15 $15 U.S., give or take. Uh, who knows? Or it could be freaking $200 U.S. Nobody knows for sure until it happens. And with that, I say have a good day, a good week. I mean, everything is so stressful sometimes. Just take it from me. Live your life day by day. Don't stress the big things. Because honestly, tomorrow is a new day. It could get better. I mean, it could also get worse. But let's let's hope for the better, right? <laughs> I mean, I've had quite a few stressful weeks this past couple weeks. Um, I'm slowly starting to get better. Things are starting to slowly look up. So... Who knows? Maybe I I finally got out of my crappy rut. (laughs) And with that, I say have a good day and I will see you tonight or, you know, whenever you listen to this. There is a new episode of Poke Cave After Dark tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you're listening to this on Monday, June 12th, um, this episode comes out at 6 a.m., now, going forward on the Pokey Cave After Dark, um, again, I've been in talks with Pika Cheeks about trying to get her on the podcast to record an episode about cosplay. Um, as it stands, we're both incredibly busy people. Um, we both have a, a ton of things on the go. So I'm tr- still trying to work to get her on the podcast. Um, again, we're... Three hours difference. She's three hours behind me. So when she's available in the evening, it's really late at night for me. Um, so it's it's tricky for me to figure out a day where I can actually record at 11 o'clock at night. Or almost closer to midnight. Uh, so we're, we are still working on it. We're not giving up on this just yet. Uh, but for the next couple of weeks, just to play it safe, um, I'm switching gears on that podcast I'm going to be looking at some famous murders that happened here in Canada. Um as some of you may know, I live in Ontario, Canada, and we've had some interesting so to speak interesting murders over the decades. Um particularly early 2000s, late 90s, even a little earlier, 80s, like late 80s. Um, Tonight, we're going to be talking about um, a young girl who was violently murdered. Um, It was heartbreaking. It it happened right around the time when I was just getting ready to graduate from high school uh, back in 2009. Um, I I remember seeing the news articles, you know, looking for this young girl uh, for months. And then finally, I think... uh, Just over three months later, they finally found her body, uh, unfortunately. Um, Completely heartbreaking what had happened. Um, But, you know, we're going to touch bases on that. Look at some other uh, murders, uh, including one that is back in the news now uh, regarding Paul Bernardo and not so much Carla Hamoka. She's been released from prison for a little while now, uh, living her life in Quebec, uh, Canada, I believe. Uh, However, Paul Bernardo was serving a life sentence in a maximum security prison here in Ontario. Uh, He would never, ever see the light of day ever again. And for some reason, he's been moved to a medium security prison in Quebec. A lot of unanswered questions there. Uh, Obviously, the families of the victims are beyond upset, but nobody has answers for them. So we're going to look into exactly why he ended up in a maximum security prison to begin with. Uh, That and many other cases. But until then, I will see you guys next time. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty
1: Litter.